O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Friday, October 29th. I want to draw your attention to a pic on the navigation menu on Daily Audio Torah website. It is found under Our Projects and Partners. Select Torah House Global Prayer Network. This is a call to believers throughout the nations everywhere to take a place on the wall of prayer and to raise up a standard against the rising tide of evil and lawlessness that we see in our nations and in our culture. Let me share with you from their vision statement. The Torah House is an imaginary space where we meet each Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. We all pray from our own location and in our own time zone. Together, we will enter into the virtual Torah house every Arab Shabbat at 9 p.m. your local time. His set-apart people will meet with Yeshua in his Torah house. Community prayer is of tremendous value because as we pray of one heart, mind, and purpose, great power is released in the heavens. We begin our prayer time with a great shofar blast and enter Yahovah's courts with praise. We come against the relentless tide of evil that is swallowing up the nations. We ask our Father to establish His Torah in our city, our region, and our nation. Each month there is a featured prayer theme for the month so that together we can focus our prayers on the prayer theme for that month. Go to thetorahouse.com to see the prayer theme for this month. To learn more or to sign up to become a partner, coordinator, or member, go to thetorahouse.com and find out more. Join with others throughout the nations every Friday night at 9 p.m. your time, as together we raise up a symphony of prayer to Abba Father in seeking His face and crying out to Him, for the remnant to return to the God of Israel and to His great and glorious Torah. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Kayai Sarah, and it means Life of Sarah. Genesis 25, 1-11 Abraham married another wife whose name was Keturah. 
She gave birth to Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan was the father of Sheba and Dedan. Dedan's descendants were the Asherites, Letushites, and Lemuites. Midian's sons were Ephah, Epher, Hanok, Abida, and Eldah. These were all descendants of Abraham through Keturah. Abraham gave everything he owned to his son Isaac. But before he died, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them off to a land in the east, away from Isaac. Abraham lived for 175 years, and he died at a ripe old age, having lived a long and satisfying life. He breathed his last and joined his ancestors in death. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre, in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar, the Hittite. This was the field Abraham had purchased from the Hittites, and where he had buried his wife Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who settled near Beer Lahoi Roy in the Negev. Lamentations 1, 1-2, 1-2 Jerusalem, once so full of people, is now deserted. She who once was great among the nations now sits alone like a widow. Once the queen of all the earth, she is now a slave. She sobs through the night, Tears streamed down her cheeks. Among all her lovers, there is no one left to comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her and become her enemies. Judah has been led away into captivity, oppressed with cruel slavery. She lives among foreign nations and has no place of rest. Her enemies have chased her down, and she has nowhere to turn. The roads to Jerusalem are in mourning, for crowds no longer come to celebrate the festivals. The city gates are silent. Her priests groan. Her young women are crying. How bitter is her fate. Her oppressors have become her masters, and her enemies prosper, for the Lord has punished Jerusalem for her many sins. Her children have been taken captive and taken away to distant lands. All the majesty of beautiful Jerusalem has been stripped away. Her princes are like starving deer searching for pasture. They are too weak to run from the pursuing enemy. In the midst of her sadness and wandering, Jerusalem remembers her ancient splendor. But now she has fallen to her enemy, and there is no one to help her. Her enemy struck her down and laughed as she fell. Jerusalem has sinned greatly, so she has been tossed aside like a filthy rag. All who once honored her now despise her, for they have seen her stripped, naked, and humiliated. All she can do is groan and hide her face. She defiled herself with immorality and gave no thought to her future. Now she lies in the gutter with no one to lift her out. Lord, see my misery, she cries. The enemy has triumphed. 
The enemy has plundered her completely, taking every precious thing she owns. She has seen foreigners violate her sacred temple and place the Lord had forbidden them to enter. Her people groan as they search for bread. They have sold their treasures for food to stay alive. O Lord, look, she mourns, and see how I am despised. Does it mean nothing to you, all you who pass by? Look around and see if there is any suffering like mine which the Lord brought on me when he erupted in fierce anger. He has sent fire from heaven that burns in my bones. He has placed a trap in my path and turned me back. He has left me devastated, racked with sickness all day long. He wove my sins into ropes to hitch me to a yoke of captivity. The Lord sapped my strength and turned me over to my enemies. I am helpless in their hands. The Lord has treated my mighty men with contempt. At his command a great army has come to crush my young warriors. The Lord has trampled his beloved city like grapes are trampled in a winepress. For all these things I weep. Tears slow down my cheeks. No one is here to comfort me. Any who might encourage me are far away. My children have no future, for the enemy has conquered us. Jerusalem reaches out for help, but no one comforts her. Regarding his people Israel, the Lord has said, Let their neighbors be their enemies. Let them be thrown away like a filthy rag. The Lord is right, Jerusalem says, for I rebelled against him. Listen, people everywhere, look upon my anguish and despair, for my sons and daughters have been taken captive to distant lands. I begged my allies for help, but they betrayed me. My priests and leaders starved to death in the city, even as they searched for food to save their lives. Lord, see my anguish. My heart is broken, and my soul despairs, for I have rebelled against you. In the streets the sword kills, and at home there is only death. Others heard my groans, but no one turned to comfort me. When my enemies heard about my troubles, they were happy to see what you had done. Oh, bring the day you promised when they will suffer as I have suffered. Look at all their evil deeds, Lord. Punish them as you have punished me for all my sins. My groans are many, and I am sick at heart. The Lord in his anger has cast a dark shadow over beautiful Jerusalem. The fairest of Israel's cities lies in the dust, thrown down from the heights of heaven. In his day of great anger, the Lord has shown no mercy, even to his temple. Without mercy, the Lord has destroyed every home in Israel. In his anger, he has broken down the fortress walls of beautiful Jerusalem. He has brought them to the ground, dishonoring the kingdom and its rulers. All the strength of Israel vanishes beneath his fierce anger. The Lord has withdrawn his protection as the enemy attacks. He consumes the whole land of Israel like a raging fire. 
He bends his bow against his people, as though he were their enemy. His strength is used against them to kill their finest youth. His fury is poured out like fire on beautiful Jerusalem. Yes, the Lord has vanquished Israel like an enemy. He has destroyed her palaces and demolished her fortresses. He has brought unending sorrow and tears upon beautiful Jerusalem. He has broken down his temple as though it were merely a garden shelter. The Lord has blotted out all memory of the holy festivals and Sabbath days. Kings and priests fall together before his fierce anger. The Lord has rejected his own altar. He despises his own sanctuary. He has given Jerusalem's palaces to her enemies. They shout in the Lord's temple as though it were a day of celebration. Yahweh was determined to destroy the walls of beautiful Jerusalem. He made careful plans for their destruction and then did what he had planned. Therefore the ramparts and walls have fallen down before him. Jerusalem's gates have sunk into the ground. He has smashed their locks and bars. Her kings and princes have been exiled to distant lands. Her Torah has ceased to exist. Her prophets receive no more visions from the Lord. The leaders of beautiful Jerusalem sit on the ground in silence. They are clothed in burlap and throw dust on their heads. The young women of Jerusalem hang their heads in shame. I have cried until the tears no longer come. My heart is broken. My spirit is poured out in agony as I see the desperate plight of my people. Little children and tiny babies are fainting and dying in the streets. They cry out to their mothers, We need food and drink. Their lives ebb away in the streets like the life of a warrior wounded in battle. They gasp for life as they collapse in their mother's arms. What can I say about you? Who has ever seen such sorrow? O daughter of Jerusalem, to what can I compare your anguish? O virgin daughter of Zion, how can I comfort you? For your wound is as deep as the sea, who can heal you? Your prophets have said so many foolish things, false to the core. They did not save you from exile by pointing out your sins. Instead, they painted false pictures, filling you with false hope. All who pass by jeer at you. They scoff and insult beautiful Jerusalem, saying, Is this the city called Most Beautiful? in all the world, and joy of all the earth. All your enemies mock you. They scoff and snarl and say, We have destroyed her at last. We have long waited for this day, and it is finally here. But it is the Lord who did just as he planned. He has fulfilled the promises of disaster he made long ago. He has destroyed Jerusalem without mercy. He has caused her enemies to gloat over her and has given them power over her. 
Cry aloud before the Lord, O walls of beautiful Jerusalem. Let your tears flow like a river day and night. Give yourselves no rest. Give your eyes no relief. Rise during the night and cry out. Pour out your hearts like water to the Lord. Lift up your hands to Him in prayer, pleading for your children. For in every street they are faint with hunger. O Lord, think about this. Should you treat your own people this way? Should mothers eat their own children, those they once bounced on their knees? Should priests and prophets be killed within the Lord's temple? See them lying in the streets, young and old, boys and girls, killed by the swords of the enemy. You have killed them in your anger, slaughtering them without mercy. You have invited terrorists from all around, as though you were calling them to a day of feasting. In the day of the Lord's anger, no one has escaped or survived. The enemy has killed all the children whom I carried and raised. By Lehman 1, 1-25 This letter is from Paul a prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Yeshua, and from our brother Timothy. I am writing to Philemon, our beloved co-worker, and to our sister Aphia, and to our fellow soldier Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. May God our Father and the Lord Yeshua give you grace and peace. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Yeshua and your love for all of God's people. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Yeshua. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. That is why I am boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Yeshua because it is the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you. Consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner, for the sake of Yeshua. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I am in these chains for preaching the good news and he would have helped me on your behalf. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, 
write this with my own hand, I will repay it. And I won't mention that you owe me for your very soul. Yes, my brother, please do me this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. One more thing, please prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Yeshua, sends you his greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. May the grace of Yeshua be with your spirit. Psalm 101, 1-8 I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with songs. I will be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come to help me? I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Only those who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house, and liars will not stay in my presence. My daily task will be to ferret out the wicked and free the city of the Lord from their grip. Proverbs 26.20 Fire goes out without wood, and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from the Book of Lamentations. This book is traditionally read by the Jewish people in their synagogues on the 9th of Av. Why is that? because it was on the ninth of Av that both the first temple and the second temple were destroyed. And so this book of Lamentations does specifically mourn and lament the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple. In fact, there is a book called The List, Persecution of Jews, by Christians throughout history written by Ray Montgomery and Bob O'Dell, that chronicles all the terrible tragedies and atrocities and horrible things that have happened to the Jews throughout history on the 9th of Av and on other days on the calendar as well. You can go to the website, number9-av.com, and visit the store to get a hold of this book. I'm now referencing uh, a chart, a list from this book regarding all the different kinds of events that have happened on the 9th of Av. In 586 BC, the first temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. In 70 AD, Titus destroyed the second temple on the 9th of Av. On the 9th of Av in 71 AD, the Romans plowed Jerusalem over with salt. 
In 1492, on the 9th of Av, the Jews were expelled from Spain. On August 1st, 1914, World War I officially began on July 28th. But from a Jewish perspective, this is the day that transformed the European conflict between the Austro-Hungarian Empire to a world war between opposing alliances. On August the 2nd, 1941, the 9th of Av, Himmler received approval from the Nazi party for the final solution of the Jews. On July 23, 1942, the 9th of Av, the Treblinka extermination camp became operational where between 800,000 and 900,000 Jews were murdered. More Jews were killed at Treblinka than at any other Nazi extermination camp, apart from Auschwitz. On August 14, 2005, the forced evacuation of Jews from the Gaza Strip is scheduled. So, many, many, many terrible things have happened on the 9th of Av. And it all began in 1312 B.C., at Kadesh Barnea, where the ten spies came back with a negative report about the Promised Land. And this did not happen on any random day. It happened on the 9th of Av, which has ever since become a day of misfortune on the Jewish calendar. So let's learn a little bit more about this book, Lamentations. I'm going to read to you from the introduction to the Book of Lamentations from the Israel Bible. And this is an introduction and commentary by Rabbi Noam Shapiro. In Megillat Aika, Lamentations, the prophet Jeremiah records his impressions of the destruction of Jerusalem and the first temple, the first Beit Hamikdash, and the exile of the Jews from the land of Israel. It is a very emotional book in which the prophet expresses feelings of intense loneliness, a sense of utter abandonment, desolation, and desecration of that which was sacred, pain and suffering. There are times when Jeremiah even seems to challenge Hashem for allowing this to happen. Yet the book also contains elements of prayer, faith, and hope. How did it happen? What led to the great destruction of the Holy Land and the exile of the Jews? Throughout the Bible, the Jews are told that Eretz Israel is their eternal inheritance, but that living in the land is dependent upon following God and His Torah. The prophets warn again and again that continuing to sin, abandoning Hashem, and treating others inappropriately will lead to destruction and exile. Ultimately, that is what happened. However, Jeremiah also reminds us that Hashem did not abandon his people and his land, even though he destroyed the place where they connect to him the most. Their new challenge is to find Hashem and rebuild their connection with him, even in exile. Amidst the mourning, sorrow, and misery of lamentations, there are elements of faith and optimism. In the middle of chapter 3, the prophet declares the kindness of Hashem has not ended. His mercies are not spent. 
He continues a little further in the chapter, For Hashem does not reject forever, but first afflicts and then pardons in his abundant kindness. For he does not willfully bring grief or affliction to man. Jeremiah reminds us that destruction and exile from the land of Israel is not an indication of a divorce between Hashem and his people. Rather, the exile is meant to serve a rehabilitative function. It is meant to trigger introspection, evaluation of our behavior and relationship with Hashem, and to lead us to recommit ourselves to God and to each other. Indeed, Jeremiah himself composes a letter to the exiles in which he gives them the guidelines for surviving in exile and promises redemption if they call out to Hashem. Jeremiah 28 Similarly, the Talmud relates that a number of leading sages were visiting Jerusalem following the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, and they came upon the ruins of the Temple Mount. Seeing a jackal scamper across the holiest site in the world, three of the four rabbis started to cry. The great rabbi Akiva, on the other hand, began to laugh joyously. Shocked, the others asked him to explain his behavior. Rabbi Akiva replied that if the prophecies of destruction have so clearly been fulfilled, we can be certain that the promises of redemption will also be fulfilled. Megillat Aika therefore calls on us to search and examine our ways and turn back to Hashem. It ends with a call to the Lord to fulfill those prophecies of redemption and renew our days as of old. The Talmud teaches that those who participate in mourning for the destruction of Jerusalem will also participate in rejoicing over its rebuilding. Throughout the cycle of life, Jews express sorrow for the fact that the temple is no longer with us, and that as a result God's presence is more distant. For this reason, a glass is broken at Jewish weddings to remember Jerusalem, even at the happiest of occasions. And once a year, on the ninth of Av, the morning of Jerusalem is particularly vivid. For more than 24 hours it is forbidden to eat or drink. Jews sit on the floor as an expression of mourning and recall the events surrounding the destruction by reciting Megillat Aika and other prayers of lament, as if the tragedy had just happened. In this way it is possible to come to grips with what has been lost. Megillat Aika, Lamentations, is the text that best expresses our broken hearts, as we call it again and again, Aika, alas, or how did this happen? For almost 2,000 years, Jews have mourned over the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple. In modern times, we have begun to experience the rebirth of the land of Israel and the holy city. May we merit to quickly see Hashem's comfort and the fulfillment of the rest of the redemption through the coming of the Mashiach and the building of the third temple. And I will add to that that the nation's ninth of Av is a call 
to Christians from all streams, all denominations, from all nations, to join with the Jewish people and to mourn with them on the ninth of Av, the destruction of the temple, and also it's a call of repentance, for certainly the church has blood on her hands throughout the centuries with all the many persecutions and atrocities committed against the Jewish people. And so four years ago, the nation's Ninth of Av was launched, and about a hundred Christians from all over the nations came to Jerusalem on the Ninth of Av to repent, to mourn the destruction of the temple, but also to repent for these sins over the centuries committed against the Jewish people. And since then, each year, on the ninth of Av, we've continued to do this, to stand with our Jewish brothers and sisters and to mourn and to repent. Now, since the COVID pandemic, it has been a virtual tour, a virtual day of prayer uh, online because we've not been able to travel to Israel due to the COVID problem. And so I encourage you and invite you to join with us. Usually the 9th of Av occurs in late July or sometime in August. And I encourage you to join us. Visit the website, the the number 9-av.com to find out more. Have a blessed day and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Yevrekadonai Vikuneka Yisa Adonai Anav Ileka Vayaseleka Leka The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.